This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armentrout. Welcome to today's show. It's various and sundry, uh, Brother Jerry. So let's see. We've got some really cool stuff happening at our gym. We took all of the remnants of COVID down. So we had uh, we had some some flags on the ceiling that dictated, you know, where six feet apart was. Um, we had some you know some other accoutrement around the the gym that were you know necessary due to COVID. We took that stuff down this last week. So that was a really nice. That was a really nice thing to have go on in the gym is to be able to start getting rid of some of that COVID crap. It changed the mentality of it. It's like, yeah, we're back to life. Yeah, we're, we're back to real life. We've got, uh, we've got several new students coming in. Um, you know, shout out to, to Jimmy and Fluffy and some of the other guys who are, are uh, the, the, our new white belts who are, are getting after it. And, and you know, they've got the right attitude. They've got the right mindset. Yeah, fun to work in, with. Working with us on, uh, on off days. You know, so, you know, not just regular class. We're coming here and drilling with, with the, the dark siders just to get a little better. Uh, we're no, by, by no means trying to teach, but we we all know drills, so we all come in here and work on just basic drills. Yep. With with those guys to kind of get the fundamentals. Um, Which is awesome. It's yeah. great to have them in here. So yeah, getting starting life is starting to get back to normal here in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to comes to the COVID thing, so hopefully you know, hopefully things will continue to, to turn. Um, so, did you see, uh, brother Jerry, that uh, Tito Ortiz stepped down from the Huntington Beach yes. City Council? Yeah, uh, I read the whole thing. He's his fam- People have been harassing his family nonstop since he won. He won by the most votes. Uh, he won by a lot. Yeah, and for that area. He won by a lot, and right off the bat, he was very outspoken. He's very conservative. Uh, people think it's don't understand because when he used to come out to fight, he had uh, his he'd carry a flag, and one half would be the American, one half would be Mexican. But he was a proud. He's proud of both heritage. He's proud of being American, and he's very vocal on supporting law enforcement. Very vocal and things, and apparently it didn't go over go well. real well. People started harassing his wife and children, and to the point to where he's just afraid for their lives. And it's like, come on, man! If you don't agree with someone, tell them. You don't have to go. You don't have to threaten to kill his family over politics. This guy's on a city council. Yeah, it's it's city council stuff. It's yeah, he's, you know. he's doing basic stuff, basic services. But then they're not attacking even what the city council's doing, or even the policies that they're talking. They're attacking him on just his views. Yeah. You know, he was a Trump supporter. Oh, my God, he's a Nazi. Okay, so his name is Tito Ortiz. He's of Mexican descent. We're going to go ahead and end the Nazi part. He is, he's not a white supremacist. He, he kind of fails that part. Yeah. You know, it's the whole, the whole title, white supremacist. He's really going to get knocked out of that category. Yeah. People he's... are just mad at his viewpoints. And instead of debating him on his on his viewpoints of literally like uh, we need to stop uh, the drug use, we need to clean up some of these areas, we need to do better on 
and he was talking about potholes and cleaning up and making stuff better. And it's like, oh my God, but you're 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 Nazi. It's like, dude, he's literally pushing forward the same agenda that these people want, but because of some of the ideas he supports, then all of a sudden he's the enemy. And now his family, it's fair game, threatening to kill his family to the point where he's resigned. Well, and, and it's, it's California too, right? You can say that he's he's going after. Um, the same policies that that the other folks are, but can you really even say that? Because it seems like basic civil services in California are being totally forgotten for some of the other stuff. And that's as far as I'm going to go with it because we don't want to. Yeah, we don't do politics. We don't do politics. But. Yeah, it's it's. I think a lot of it's just the fact of what he stood for. The fact that he was a pro-Trump guy is just. It doesn't matter whatever he says from that point on. And the fact that they're literally throwing up. I read someone, he had, they announced his, uh, he announced it. You can see people on, on his social media is calling him names. And there were people calling him a white supremacist and they hope he dies and hope that, I mean, all this hateful stuff was like, again, <clears throat> you may argue with his viewpoints, but it's hard to call a Mexican American a white supremacist. Yeah, that's. You may, maybe want to debate a little differently. Because uh, if that's all you got, is I'm gonna call you a Nazi and a white supremacist, and you instead of debating his viewpoints on like basic services, it kind of kind of takes away from your argument. Well, what's what is the name? Of it? it used to be a theory, or it was a a, um, a debate trope that basically like it, the first person who brings up Hitler loses, regardless of how good the point was. Yeah. What what I don't even remember the um, name of that. Yeah, but it's like yeah, if you have to generate to that point. Yeah, it lost all context. It, exactly, it's sort of the same thing with the the Nazi white supremacist thing now, right? It's like as soon as you go to that, it's you've kind of automatically lost the argument yeah, from no, a rational yeah, standpoint. You're no longer talking. Yeah, you, you're going to character assassination. Yeah, you're now you're no longer debating. You're now attacking character Yeah, you're attacking someone's character and their point of view. Yeah, with a pretty heinous. Yeah, thing. with a yeah, really yeah. Um, then, uh, we talked about this on, on the team chat, but the, the Michigan proposal that's in place, uh, for the police reform bill that requires all police, uh, to have a, a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. A blue belt level of jiu-jitsu, yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, in concept, I think it's great. But yeah, they, I don't think they realize how long it takes. How long it takes, yeah. So, are we going to, so you're... They need to get that prior to become an officer, or do they need to like you become an officer, and we're gonna we're gonna train you up to this level of competency in a year? Because if if they're training every day, they could get a blue belt in eighteen months, probably twelve months, eighteen months. If they're training every day, and yes, yeah. like they're that's part of what they're doing. I, you can see, you know, especially if they're you know, depends on how they want to run it. But yeah, a blue belt level of jujitsu would probably end a lot of the panic yeah. about the violent fights and the, what degrades into because you learn about blue belt you should know how to handle control most people with your body use uh, non-lethal forms of control how to get mount how to maintain mount how to you know yeah control so I like the idea and I understand what they're pushing forward we'll just see how they implement it the other thing that I think would be very good about something like that it's just the desensitization uh, yeah. to not necessarily to violence but to physical confrontation that in a long term 
and we'll just call it combatives, but a long-term combatives program where you're sparring a lot the way we do yeah. here in, in jiu-jitsu, yes. I think that would help a lot too, right? Because a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of the combatives that the, the, the police are trained in, right? They get, yeah, they get trained in it and they get a seminar, but they, they don't get the reps in and they don't get the experience of, of drilling or, or sparring against a live resisting partner. So when it actually happens, yeah, there is the adrenaline dump yet. Yeah, it, it, there is the difference between sparring and an actual fight, but that dis, that desensitization isn't there the way we get it because we're consistently rolling. That not, I, I go back to what our coach always says. He believes everybody needs to get punched in the face and realize that you're not going to die. Mm. And you, so you don't panic when you get that shot in the face. And yeah, I think that's that's a big one because they're combatives. I mean, we have you know we have an inside idea of some of the combatives that are taught locally. Um, we spoke to a gentleman. We speak to him quite often, and it's most of it is how not to hurt your opponent. Yeah. So it's like you know, so jujitsu would be good, but also they're not training us so hard. There's no way they're punching each other full speed, you know, with gloves on, so you get used to that shot, so that. A lot of these guys, the first time they're getting, probably getting struck in the face or hit is mm-hmm. that the first time. And then it's like, oh, my, every, your brain just, like, panics. But, like, you know, Scott just said, you get in here, and these if these guys are, you know, sparring once a week, once every other week, get a few rounds of sparring and, you know, striking discipline, you know, just straight boxing, and then uh, some jujitsu, I think they'd be a lot more accustomed to, like, and they'd be a lot more relaxed because they'd yeah. be confident that if shit goes sideways I have enough knowledge to where I can protect myself and my partners and I don't have to resort to either the taser or my firearm yeah and that's that's the, the other thing right is we keep talking about defunding or you know whatever you want to call it with the cops we keep taking stuff away from them yeah. we should be giving them more and more tools because we're getting to the point where you know, some places have taken they've taken away certain physical restraints, right? So you've limited them there. There are some places that are taking away tasers and batons, and batons, and pepper spray, and pepper spray. So what have you left them with? The only tool that you're leaving them with is the gun. That's the only way that they have to defend themselves in a in a violent encounter, right? So you've you've taken away. All other options besides the gun. Yeah, I mean, we're, the problem is that they're lumping everything and everybody into one category. If they're a cop, we no longer care until you need a cop. Yeah. And then we, we saw this what in Detroit when the city councilman, city councilman who is a strong advocate of defunding the police. We don't need a police. Then got his, got his car carjacked in broad daylight. Was then put on hold by 911 because they were busy. And then was told that there was no officer to respond because it wasn't a violent crime. He wasn't harmed, and he has insurance, and he just needs. It's it, 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 it's a property crime. It's no so, big deal. It's a property crime. And that's what you know. It's like okay, so I thought, and then he's upset because the cops didn't respond. Well, you just flat out, you know, you pass rules saying they aren't going to respond to property crime. You're, whether I don't care who you are, you know, you you don't get a different. You know, it's this idea that the elites get a different rule set than the rest of us and it's yeah but that's a different thing we're gonna get away from that yeah 
Um, yeah, it's, I, I think I think they need a better they need better seminars, and then they need to find better instructors because some of these some of these companies they hire Ugh. are are not any good. They should go with the Gracies. I mean, the Gracies. Gracies have tons and tons of franchise people that follow the Gracie rules. And, I mean, these guys teach really good combatives. And they teach a lot of police departments. They they could get onto that. I would like to see the Gracies or or some affiliate of the Gracies put together something for a curriculum for the police force that's sort of like McMatt. Sort of like what they did with the Marine Corps yeah. combatives when they redid. You know, it used to be Marine Corps combatives, and now it's McMatt. Yeah. I, I would like to see something put together because the, I mean there is some it's stuff. Line changing linear. Yeah. Called, when I was there, it was called line. It was okay. Linear and, and intensive neuropathy. It was like a, a brain. It was a muscle memory stop thing. Yeah. You drilled it so much, your body automatically goes to it. This is a muscle memory thing. Because there is some stuff on the blue belt test, right? That our we'll say our blue belt test, right? Because everybody's test is a little different. There's some stuff on there that it'd be cool if the cops knew it, but probably not that useful, well, but Henry, right? Henry but Henry should do some analysis, police officers, because there's a great video on YouTube from years ago when Brian Ortega was a younger man and he volunteered to get tased. Yeah, they used to go and do seminars, and and uh, a lot of the Gracie schools teach police officers for free. Our school does as well. Yeah. And the Gracies, I mean, Hannah's been very vocal about that he is willing to put a program together for the police departments nationwide for this. And there's a, a, a town in Georgia where it's now required that all, all, all his deputies have to train jujitsu. And what the local, a local jujitsu gym is teaching them for free. So they set up, you know, in their gym, they're at the police department. So they're training jujitsu. Because he wants them to be able to not only survive an encounter, but not have to resort to more violence if they can prevent it. So it kind of helps. I would, yeah, like I said, I would like to see them put together some sort of, um, some sort of curriculum that, I mean, the Gracies have done such a good job at franchising. Yeah. it's such a good job of, of um, franchising jujitsu. I would like to see them put together something that um, that they could roll out and you know maybe do a train the trainer yeah. kind of thing and um, yeah, yeah, they, 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 that, that could be yeah that could be franchised or implemented in different precincts. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, of uh, Henner and Hiren, did you see where they sponsored that little, um, not little, but the young lady who was bullied yes. and it went uh, viral on, on the social medias and they, uh, uh, they flew her out to their gym yeah. to, take a cla- to take classes with Henner and Hiren. That, again, legit. The, yeah, Henner, Henner's always, he finds, if you're not near him, he'll find an affiliate nearby. And then he does what he calls the Gracie uh, uh, tuition. And he will basically sponsor you for a couple of years to go to his affiliate. He'll basically scholarship you. Yep. You're, you're going to be allowed to train for free at our facility. So that because you're being bullied, I mean, he reached out to a gentleman, I think, in London who got beat up in an altercation. And this is a grown man. He's reached out to younger people and adults who are getting 
abused and attacked. He's reached out to law enforcement constantly. I watched him talk. Yeah. And when there's officers who are, I mean, you always see these videos where officers are getting crap kicked out of them. And he's like, I can show you how that don't have to happen to where you don't need bystanders come running to save you. I mean, there was an issue this week where a female officer was attacked by a much larger assailant. And if the crime wasn't for bystanders coming in to lend her a hand and grab this guy, he probably would have killed her. Yeah. Because she was so overwhelmed that I don't think she was going to get her gun out of her holster. Nonetheless, keep a hold of it. Even if she was able to draw it, I don't know if she was going to get it up in a position to use it without him taking it from her. Because mm-hmm. he was so much bigger and just so violent and aggressive. And bystanders saved her life. They come in and tackled the guy, held him down, and they saved her. But, you know, people got to realize you, you're sending one cop into a situation. Some, like, some places don't have a lot of cops. You're sending one cop into an unknown situation. Especially these days. And, you know, I mean, we need to train. We don't need to defund them. We need to fund them better, get better cops. I'll say it and say it again. We need to give them better equipment. Better training. Better training. And we need to, if we pay better, we'll get better, a better quality. Because if you're a really good person, you're not going to work through some of this stuff for 30 grand a year. It's not going to happen. You'll go work private security or go to a state that's going to pay you better. Or you'll go to a, you know, become an FBI agent or you're going to come and do something else. Or you're just going to go to a different field because of the money. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you pay someone the same amount you pay other state employees, you know, because they work at a certain level. Well, yeah. You're a, you're, you're a G1 because you're a brand new employee. Well, this person uh, pushes papers in an office. This person has got to deal with the criminal elements. One should get paid better than the other. Yeah, so it's, it's a little different. There should be some uh, sliding scale. Yeah, there, there should be a sliding scale. And, but, yeah, and funding. And a lot of times people don't want to fund. Uh, our county, our local county here is having some, uh, there's a big deal because we have an officer-involved shooting. And camp, the, the officer didn't have a body cam, so it became a big deal. But then the sheriff, our, uh, our sheriff, has, every year has asked for body cams. He's asked for it in his budget. He's applied for it to the state form, and the state keeps denying the funding, even though the state is guaranteed. Our governor ran on a promise that he would get body cams out to every district. Every small town would get body cams, and... To keep denying certain districts and counties the body cam funding, and then our local bureaucrats also keeps take they keep taking it out of the budget. And he's like, because they made a big deal was, uh, the last meeting about well, where's the body cams? Well, I've asked. Them. Well, I don't remember you asking for them. Here, here it is, and you know they were getting offended because here's my budget request. Here's my budget request for the last five years. Every year I put it in. Every year it gets voted out. And I mean, and they're like, oh well, but you know, there's no well, but. I asked. I need the money. You're not giving it to me. This is what I need it for, and you're you're refusing it. He's like, what you want? You know, these things aren't cheap because you have to buy the camera. It has to have a server farm. You gotta have the software. You have to be Wi-Fi compatible. You have to have all this stuff. You gotta have Wi-Fi in the cars. You have to have a server farm because you have to save these videos. So, and it's not probable to buy a couple and then have officers split them up because, especially in a county area, these cops might not see each other. Yeah. 
you know, they're coming out of patrol from their houses. They're coming from their homes with their cop cars. So, and they just, it just keeps, one of those things, it keeps getting denied. So, now, since we had, I actually had two officer-involved shootings lately. And uh, I think now, they may, and now that the pressure's being put on, I think they'll actually fund it finally. I hope so. I mean, the, the, that's an important piece of kit these days. So. Yeah, it, it protects. I mean, you watch some of these videos, you see how cops are protected. Not only does it protect the citizens, but it also protects the officers from bullcrap. They'll have these body cams on and people will you'll, you'll watch the entire arrest and the cop was super respectful. They, you know, gets this person, this person is now belligerent and pissed off, they're getting arrested and they, you know, file a complaint. It's like, well, here's the body cam, but that never happened. Yeah. Oh, and then it's like, oh, didn't realize you were wearing a body cam. Exactly. It's like, yeah, so you can make, you can claim we did something or we, or you didn't do something, here's body cam. Uh, yep. So here's, yeah, kind of hoping we get those body cams. So another topic that came up on uh, on the group chat this week, we got talking about the two most divisive topics in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Guard, and this came up from Brother Cody. Brother Cody, we were talking about, a, he, he had this idea of doing a straight ankle lock off of a guard pass, off of a guard break. And it's like, well, that's the whole thing, right? It's guard passing versus leg locks, and then you've got pulling guard versus takedowns. It's like those are the two big, like, polarizing things, right? Because if you can't pass guard, you leg lock somebody. And if you don't like takedowns, you pull guard. So, um, I rank guard pullers below leg lockers. Oh, absolutely. I, I, agree, I agree with that completely. Guard pullers don't go to the hospital. Okay. But – We'll have to admit that <laughs> butt scooters are even lower than oh, guard yeah. pullers. If you're just going to scoot your butt across the mat, that's even, yeah, that's, that's like another, that's like a, a subcategory yeah, like it, of guard pullers. Th- th- there's a difference in getting grips and pulling guard than well, setting down yeah, so with no grips. There's a difference between trying to jump guard or pull guard from an engagement than it is from as soon as the ref says go. You just sit down. Or lay down. Yeah. There's guys that play, dead guard. They play the dead man guard where they just lay there and let someone, you know, it's, it's almost like a trap. You know? They're just learn, waiting for you to touch something so then they can react. Um, yeah, so. I, 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 I don't see an issue of, it's very, especially if you're rolling with someone who knows how to defend or knows how, and knows what a hill hook is and what a knee bar is. I don't recommend doing it to brand new white belt students because they're going to have no idea what you're doing and you're going to blow their knees because they're going to roll the wrong way or they're going to panic and you're going to end up tearing an Achilles, you're going to end up tearing your knee. But when I'm rolling with, with my boys or if I'm rolling with the upper belts, uh, there's, you know, Matt Scretta particularly, I will right off the bat start shooting for ankles and let that. Well, because he'll do the same thing. And yeah, he's going to do the same thing because, and, you know, and if he gets me in a position I'm not sure about, I'll just tap. It's like, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where this is going or where to escape. Tap and start over. Yeah. Because if you roll the wrong way on some of them, you can't hurt yourself. But I, I like the concept. Uh, I mean, some people's guard and some people are great. Not only they'll they'll start and close a guard, but they want you to open their guard because they're actually an open guard player. So they'll get you to f- spend all that focus to pop their guard open. To get you in a position so they can then hit De La Eva or Spider Guard. Something. Or, you know, Butterfly. So it's like you're wasting all that time opening the guard just so they can play open guard. 
so I've, I've the whole pulling guard versus takedowns thing. I I understand both sides of the argument, right? Well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, in reality, uh, in, on a mat, you know, if you if you're if you're looking at the guy, especially you know your opponent, you know their takedowns are better than yours, and their sprawl ability is better. Why waste energy? Mm-hmm. Especially if you end up on your back with them on top. Pull guard. Yeah. I mean, so, like I said, I, I understand that part of it. The the guard passing versus leg locks. I mean, that's really where the, the trash talking really originated, right? Yeah. Because it was like... You only do that because you don't know how to pass guard. Because you don't know how to pass guard. Well, and, but like yeah. Donner said, wow, why ignore it? And it's, there, it's there, right? It become, well, to, to me, it's like we talk about it here. That's all fun. That's all fine in here. That's all fine in sports jujitsu. Yeah. But if we're literally outside... Are you going to wrap me up in your guard? And do you really think I'm going to be like, uh, let me do this double underpass or the knee cut pass to, you know, no. I'm going to attack that ankle. I'm going to blow your knee out. We're fighting now. I mean, this yeah. is a fight now. I'm not going to hang out in your guard and pass it. And so I think a lot of that was just like, why, why fight that idea? Why exert that energy when it's like, you've given me your knee and your ankle when you put me in your so why am I going to ignore that? You've given it to me. You better know how to defend it. If you're offering, I mean, I'm not going to, when you're being mounted, what, what, what we tell people, keep your you know, T-Rex arms. Yep. Because if you give your arms up there, I want to take them. So what's the difference when putting someone in guard? Really? You're, you're extending your legs out there. Yeah, guard is a good position. Guard's a great position, but you are sticking your legs out there. So you better be, better be prepared for some people to say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to fight you with this guard pass. I'm just going to go ahead and attack this knee and this ankle. My, my, only, my only reservation on that is, and this was a perception I had when I first, like my first year in jiu-jitsu, is when people are learning leg locks right off the bat rather than learning fundamental guard breaking yeah. and guard passing, well, right? See, that's what I'm talking about. We're blue belts. We've been doing this a while. We're, we do this to each other or we do this to the purple and brown yeah. belts. I just, I made it very clear. I will not do this to a white yeah, belt. Yeah, you won't do it to a white belt. But my problem I is when... I pick on a couple of our two-stripe white belts yeah, because they're funny. That's okay. But, and, but I never actually, I don't actually use a knee lock or leg lock on them, but I'll attack I'll start messing with their toes so they open their guard for me. Yeah. Because they get nervous. Because as soon as you start messing with someone's toes or you start grabbing on an ankle, people tend to get a little antsy and they want to open their guard anyway. Yeah. My, my issue is when people learn leg locks instead, and they do the leg lock game instead of, instead of it's, it's one thing to not be good at guard passing or that's not your game, but it's different when... I'm going to leg lock you because I don't know how to break guard well, or I don't know how to pass guard. Our coach, coach keeps talking about it. Just because you don't like throwing it or it's not going to be part of your game, you still don't even know how to do it. Because yes. If you, if, you, if you avoid getting mounted with everything you've got, you're like, oh, I don't want to because I hate being mounted. What's going to, and so you don't learn any mount escapes. What's going to happen when you get mounted? Yeah. You're going to know nothing. If, you, if you're like, oh, man, I can't get – someone gets on my back, I can't get away, so – I'm never going to start on my back, or I'm going to fight like hell to keep, you know, on a drill, you know, when we're just rolling in here on the mat, someone taking my back, 
you're never going to learn to defend it. So I can pass your guard. I have I have two guard passes that I love, and I will use them back and forth. Actually, now three because we drilled one this week that I, I was like, I forgot about that one. And I learned that one specifically for one member of our gym, the over-under. The over-under? Because I kept getting trained with my pro belt. <laughs> when I was trying to break his guard, he would he'd bait me and he trained with me. So I had to learn a way to control that leg, so I learned the over-under pass. And we drilled that this week with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this one. Because I haven't really used it since because I only really used it against him. But, I mean, knee cut, double under. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably start using that over-under more. But, I mean, my, my first right off the bat, if I can, is that double under. Double under, yeah. You love that stack pass. I go right into that sack control. Mm -hmm. And that's... That's or the bread cutter place. choke. You know, the, yeah, the bread cutter choke. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do like the bread cutter choke off the stack pass. Yes, he does a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I am the dark one. Yes. Uh, so we got a couple of interesting fights coming up, and this one yeah. I'm really excited about. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about flow grappling on June 18th. Hasim Rida versus Keenan Cornelius. Yeah, they were, Nogi. Yeah, they were... Uh, I was watching Keenan Cornelius drill a little bit, and they were they. Uh, it wasn't him drilling. They had shit. Well, it was him drilling, but it wasn't his his page. Uh, there were other guys posting some other stuff and talking about uh, about his style and how is it going to go because he's not a big baron. He don't like the baron bolo. He don't like this. He doesn't like that. He, he doesn't come out of the gi very much. That, so, yeah, so it being is, no gi yeah, is going to be real so interesting. I wonder how it's going to work because he's kind of. To, to lack of a better term, kind of shit on a lot of the Nogi styles of, of like the 10th Planet stuff. He's yeah. kind of shit on some of it, and now he's going to Nogi against a really good Nogi guy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, dude, you better start working on some of this stuff you, you, you know, shook your nose, you know, stuck your nose in there at because you might need it. Yeah, because, I mean, he, you know, Keenan's big thing is, like, the lapel guard and worm guard. He's, his latest instructional was the lapel encyclopedia, yeah, right? He's, and he's, he's a, no lapels to be had. He is a straight-up gi guy. He's a gi guy. And it's, he's, like I said, he's kind of poo-pooed at all the no-gi style and this whole Tim Planet thing. He, he kind of was, you know, all that stuff's not, not worth learning and that's blah, 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 and that won't really work. Yeah, dude, actually... That a lot of the no gi is re more reality, dude. Mm -hmm. how, how many guys you see running around at the at the bar wearing a gi? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it works with like if you're wearing a jacket or a collared like, shirt or something like it that. Has to be a good quality because yeah, rip you get a good collar. Grab a t-shirt, a t-shirt's gonna rip. Yeah, I mean, and even a, a, a colored shirt, most of them they're gonna that collar's gonna tear away. Yep. I mean, if you had a business suit on, you know. Yeah, you got a sport coat on. You're dead. I, I mean, you might be able to get a good grip in there. And I'll use your tie if you got a tie on. But in reality, I'm, we're in here training. We love, I love, we do a lot. I do a lot more with my boys on the Nogi just for the idea of where to get a grip. And I always, we ask a lot of these questions, too. When we're, even when we're doing stuff in, in Gi during a week in classes, uh, we it's like almost a given now. Co our coaches were like, this is how you grab this grip in Nogi. They'll just throw it out there. You can palm here. Yeah. When we were training Thursday night, um, Kevin was like, this is, this works with gi, grab here, here, but no gi, you put your hands here, it works really good. You can do it in gi too, but it's just perfect for no gi. And it's like, okay, it's like, you know, you give you both, both the best worlds. I'm, I'm interested in that because if, if 
he loses the king and loses and he loses to some you know thing that he's kind of turned his nose up it's it's going to be funny and he may it may change his it it very well could and and Hasim the, the the cool thing that I'm really excited about is Hasim Rida because this is one of the like I haven't seen anything from him except quintet like yeah. I know he's doing I know he's been doing other stuff but he's a he's a, a Ghanaian who's living in Japan nobody really knew who he was until uh, quintet one when one of Sakuraba's teammates had to drop out and he and Sakuraba was looking for a guy to fill the slot and he found Hasim Raida at a gym in Tokyo said hey come you know will you come do this thing on my team and he ran through like an entire team all by himself um I think it was was it Japan it might have been the Japanese judo team that he ran through but it it, it was it was a, a great it was a great performance. I'm really excited to see what Hasim Wright is doing now. Yeah. And I'm excited that more people get exposure to him because his style is different. It's very dynamic, it's very different. It's not it's not tenth planet, but it's sort of tenth planet. Yeah. Um, he went up against in one of the other um, quintets, he went up against um, Richie Martinez, Boogeyman. Yeah, and that was a hell of a match. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that for that fight. It, it it may be a short one. It may be it may go. You know, it. I think it's like a 18 minute time limit. Um, it might go all the way out and go to overtimes. But yeah. I'm really stoked about that I'm, match. I think I'm, it's going to be fun. I'm more curious to see how Keenan you know, does. does yeah, uh, out of the gi. A high level no gi guy. When this is really just kind of his. Uh, First major foray in Nogi. Yeah. High-level competitor. So, we'll see. I mean, he's training right now in Nogi. He's, he's doing the training. So, we'll just see how it works. Because those grips are different. Especially when you get sweaty. Yep. 18 minutes. That's, you know, it don't take long to get sweat going. Nope. Um, and then, July 24th, we've got the um, we got the UFC fight night that's got uh, Macy Chase on versus... Um, Aspen Ladd, and then on that same card, we've got Miranda Maverick versus uh, Macy Barber. So, looking forward to that. Three up-and-comers. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a good one. The women's division, like you know, we talked about with Talay, the women's division. There's some there's some tough women coming up. I would rather so see. I'm more excited to see some of the the women's fights these days yeah, than the I mean, men's. They're they're a lot more exciting. They're more compelling. There's more story behind them. Um, and well, like I asked, uh, asked Talada, explain it to us. Answer is that difference. What's the difference between the way men start and women start? And she put it very clearly. I mean, she made a very good point. They yep. just get down to business. They just get down to business. Um, so yeah, those are going to be some good fights. Um, you were talking about Dead Guard a minute ago. Did you see the um, the DQ that happened at the, the the regional show where the guy did Donkey Guard? No. And uh, so the the they they get ready to get started. They slap bump. The guy takes two steps back because three steps back is stalling. You get a point. He turns around, does Donkey Guard, sticks his ass in the air, and starts like shimmying back towards the towards his opponent. And his opponent gets pissed off and just goes. 
and kicks him right in the ass. And the ref goes, disqualification and DQs him. And the guy's like, I don't care. This guy's a moron. Yeah, don't like donkey yard. But you see, you see that stuff. It's just like, what are we doing? Well, the Some of them are just like, it's really, I don't know. So Donkey Guard is Jeff Glover's thing. Like he invented it, and and Jeff, when Jeff Glover does, don't hurt us, Jeff, please. When Jeff Glover does it right, it's it's interesting. He's, I mean, is it funny? Yeah, but he's being very offensive with it. But when yeah, he's using it to get you to step towards him so he can catch your legs or something. Yeah, because you're kind of halfway through an Eminari roll, yeah, right? Because right. you're kind of already going. there. That's what he's going for. He's trying to catch your leg and roll through. So he's wanting you to try to get a grip from behind so he can roll through. Yeah. And, I mean, that's pretty much the only thing you can do is try to grip, grab your, grab your uh, waist or try to put your hand on his back. And as soon as you make contact, Glover would, would do something. Yeah. It's, all, it's just a way to get you in the position he wanted you. He's feet, you know, he's seeing how you're going to react. But I've seen other guys that when people do, don't, you know, do the donkey guard, they just they'll keep transitioning and – to the guy gets turned around. They'll try, or they'll, they'll go shoot under themselves mm-hmm. and do, you know, they'll take the guy down. So there's goods and bads, but yeah, sometimes, but it's, and when there's someone's a high level and they, they do something cool or different, it's like, okay, he's got a reason for doing this. But when just like random people start copying it and they really don't have any idea what they're doing and they're just doing it because they saw it on an instructional video. Yeah. It's like, eh. Oh, not 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 too sure about that one. Uh, yeah, I thought that one was funny. I saw that DQ. I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. That one that one ranks right up there with the the slap DQ from that other show. Where I don't know what the hell that dude was thinking because he he slapped him. Um, so we have uh, uh, Craig Jones. You know, easily won last week, and now his next fight is against Gabby. I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I've been wanting to see that. That's going to be good. Yeah, I, yeah. you sent me that video. That was impressive. That I was... Gabby, Gabby impressive. That was, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, that was something. For our listeners, Gabby, uh, big, big girl. She's a big girl. She was doing that stripper pole exercise, <sighs> really, where, you know, women use the triple goal for exercise and get up there and spin around it and it helps them with you know it's, and it's a legit exercise people do it there's like studios that teach women this and here's Garby, Gabby Garcia hanging off there hanging upside down with her legs spinning around this pole it's like I had to send it to Scott okay like, Dude, this is legit this is not this this is this is not a fat joke this is not a this is not anything like that she's not fat she's not fat at all she yes you know what really impressed me about that video was the fact that she could find fucking nine-inch platform heels that could support her. Well, that could support her. You got dudes who wear heels. So, but yeah, I'm still, I just, I look, I was like, damn those shoes. But it, the impressive thing is that her balance and being in her. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm legit impressed. This chick is what? She's six. Three? Six three two eighty, maybe. Yeah, uh, she competes at like two sixty, but I think her walking weight's about two eighty. So she's legit power lifter. She, I watched her lift weight. She's a power lifter. She's, I mean, muscular. She's, she's dynamic. So I've seen, I've seen her fight not only in jujitsu, but I've seen her fight in, you know, okay, mixed martial arts. 
she's an impressive individual, but I was super I was super impressed that she has the dynamic and the core strength to get up and hang upside down by her legs and spin. It's like that was the impressive part. It was just like this this individual is so you know powerful in her core that she can do this. And that's all it comes down to. It's like, God damn, that's impressive. And I, I, I'm, I was seriously impressed. I'm seriously looking forward yeah. to Yeah, I want to see that Jones fight. Axel because they're doing a jiu-jitsu, a pure jiu-jitsu fight, you know, pure jiu-jitsu match. And yes, Gabby's lost. She lost to De Jesus uh, a while back. Yep. Who's a high-level high black belt who she beat the first time. That was that was an impressive win on the second, De Jesus' part. This is a rematch, and it's split. So, uh, you know, but... So Wiki's got Wiki's got Gabby at at six two two oh nine. I win. Well, okay, that's a good point. Because she fought in Ryzen, and she was like two sixty five in Ryzen. Like what? When she fought that female wrestler. And oh, the ninety five year old. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. What's your she dog like have to say? When she wrestled, when uh, she uh, uh, grappled against Mackenzie Dern. She was, yeah, two sixty because Mackenzie Dern is like one walks around like what one forty five one fifty. Yep. That if that. So, because they had a, a jujitsu match and that, and she was a super heavyweight. I mean, Gabby's a super heavyweight. Yes. I mean, so I she's Wikipedia. Someone went and changed that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So talking about super heavyweights. Um, this popped up on the social medias this week too, and Tom DeBlass um, oh, mentioned it. Yes. Yeah, the women's super was, heavyweights. I thought, I thought that was awesome of Tom DeBlass to get in there and, and give these women their props. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, Tom DeBlass, I mean, he's a cool dude. Some people hate on him. I, I think it's mostly because he's successful and he's just he's just him. A bunch of haters. But I truly appreciate him, him talking about this and some of these women are being made fun of, talk trash because they're heavy. And it's just like, who gives a damn? I mean, it's like, and, and people, we are so vain that you're going to take away from a woman's, you know, and I, I like the one she was talking about, that if she wins, then, you know, it's because you're bigger. If she loses, it's because you don't have cardio. Yeah. It's like, she can't win. She know, can't win either way. What, it's others. Well, of course she won. You're so big. I'm beating women my size. You know, well, of course she that one beat you. You have no cardio. You're too heavy. I'm not the thinnest person in the world. My cardio is pretty good. Yeah. We can go for a long period of time. And, and that was the that was the whole point of the 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 ladies' post was to try to you know give some encouragement to the 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 women who are competing in the heavy and super heavy and you know ignore all the you know guys in their mama's basement who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because yeah, I guarantee you the majority of the people talking trash about these, these individuals don't They ain't doing jiu-jitsu. it. They're going to try to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, they're not doing it. And they're just seeing these women, oh, yeah, she's, that's not Ronda Rousey, that ain't this one, that ain't, you know, Paige Van Zandt, oh, you're nasty. Uh, yeah, well, where's Ronda Rousey? Yeah. You know, Paige Van Zandt didn't really have a stellar record at the UFC. No. She lost her first bare knuckle fight. So, Has she fought Rachel Osovich yet? No, that's in July. Is that July? Okay. Yeah, they're gonna 
that's going to be an interesting one. My wife and I were talking about that in the car last night. We were talking about that match. So I'm just curious because Paige Van Zandt's been training a little bit. She started started preparing, and Rachel Austin this was at like Disney World and stuff. So it's like yeah. Uh, you might actually want to train for this because you won't get punched in the head. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. And, Pearl, and that's the difference. Pearlman and Gonzalez, she's been, I mean, she's been putting videos up of her bloody knuckles and swollen hands because she's been getting after it. I mean, Ty Starling, you know, Britt Hart, some of these women take this shit seriously and they're like getting ready. You know, they're out here training constantly. And some of these other ones are just like, hey, look at me, I have... Yeah, I have tattoos and I'm pretty and, and I'm going to, uh, OnlyFans. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, you got a fight coming up. You might want to think about that. Yeah, that's, yeah. But, uh, you know, Joe Joe Lombardo mentioned it on uh, Scholars and Iron when uh, when he was on, from Scholars and Iron, he was on our show, right? It seems like all the guys who, you know, harass the women powerlifters yeah. online, you know, it's always online. And there's some, to, to quote Joe, you know, there's some skinny Greek guy who, you know, you know, is making these aspersions, casting these aspersions on, on these women who are out there actually trying to do something, right? It's the same thing on the internet, you know, with the, the, the ladies competing super heavy, right? I mean, no jujitsu competitor, no real jujitsu competitor is saying this stuff to their face, right? It's always somebody else. It's the guys in their mama's basement. Yeah, it's the, and, I, and I also think it comes down to, I think a lot of guys don't want their, a lot of these dudes don't want their women to be dominant. They want a weak. Yeah. A weak woman, a small, a, a petite female that they can dominate. Because if, you know, they probably won't feel quite as manly if they're dating a woman that can kick their ass. Yeah. Fucking hold her own. For sure. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, you know, you're, you're talking trash to the girl who beat your ass. And you're only going to talk trash to her on the internet, so she can't beat Can't you beat your ass. Yep. All right. So you got anything else for Various and Sundry, Jerry? Not really. All right. So we're going to hear from Matt Warner and his novel Empire of the Goddess, and we will be right back. My name is Thomas Dillon. You may know me as the man who supposedly killed his own son to collect insurance money. The truth is my little boy, Walter, was abducted by a religious cult. They took him to a parallel world, to an America run by religious fanatics and plagued by disease. I know because I've been there, and I found my son. It's a place of magic and malice and ignorance where faith healing is medical care and government enforcers dress like Klansmen. Now, I know I sound crazy, like this is the plot of a dystopian dark fantasy novel that would appeal to fans of Neil Gaiman. And indeed, that's how I had to get my story out, by teaming up with writer Matthew Warner. He published my first person account as a novel called Empire of the Goddess. Publishers Weekly called it quick-paced and intriguing. Can you believe that? But he let me record the audiobook because only I can tell you my story. And it's going to blow your mind. Look for it on Amazon and at MatthewWarner.com. Empire 
of the goddess. And we're back. All right, Jerry, so we had some fights last night. Yeah. Uh, they were boring. Uh, I hate to say it, but they were kind of boring. There were a lot of split decisions, a lot of decisions went early. I mean, uh, especially the prelims. My boy Tenna Bozer lost by split decision, and he was mad. He actually asked for his release. He's like, I want to fight again in July. I want to fight my contract out. I'm done. He's like, I didn't get hurt. I'm good to go. I want to fight in July. That's my last fight on my contract. And, 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 uh, and, you know, that's it. The only fight that I caught that looked um, – that was all. good was the Ponzinibbio Baeza fight. Yeah, that, that one was pretty good. That was fight of the night. Our queen of violence, she lost. Ariana Linsky, she got – Dominated by Delarosa. I did not see that coming. I picked Linsky, but she just got mauled. That was just, I don't know, that was just a different level of violence. To, I mean, she took violence to the Queen of Violence. And that was that was a bloody fight. She got bloodied. Yeah, and then um that one actually ended, if I remember properly. Yeah, that was a the, the uh, Queen of Violence fight. That was yeah. that was a knockout. It, yeah, which, she was a, yeah, stoppage. Yeah, she she just she was just on the bottom covering up and getting wailed on. She got mounted and just got blasted. And the, the ref gave her time to get up. He gave her plenty of time to defend. He didn't just jump in. He let her. He let him fight because she was trying to move in the beginning, and then once he realized she was just covering up and, and kind of uh, field positioning, he he stopped it then. What happened with the Alan Patrick Mason Jones fight that went no contest? I didn't get to I see poke. that one. I poke. I poke right okay. off the bat. I poke. Oh jeez. That's. They got to do something about. I, I know. I know part of it's a function of the gloves, right? We've talked about the gloves before. Um, I still, you know, the the pride gloves didn't seem to have that big of a problem because it didn't force their fingers open. But I don't know. We got to do something about that because we're seeing more yeah, and more, more eye pokes. Especially since people are trying to get takedowns and their their hands are deep. It's different. You throw a punch with a closed fist, but you reach out with your hand to get a grip. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot. Sometimes a lot of them they're trying to get hand control, hip control, hip control, shoulders, and people get poked in the eye. Yeah. So. Yeah, but so, some guys are really bad about parrying with that front hand, right? They they paw yep. with that front hand. and they, Get the hands down to get a grip so they can come over the top. Yeah. And the problem is the other guy's stepping in, and then you get the finger through the eyeball. Yeah. So on the on the last show before we talked to, to, to Lay last yeah. episode, we, uh, we had talked about – um, on Jerry, seriously, you know, the, the concept of, of intervening in some sort of uh, altercation. And, uh, you know, we made a, we, we, we committed to coming back with some strategies to intervene without actually getting physically involved in the fight. Yeah. And in researching this, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fraught topic. Yeah. Because Good Samaritan laws are different in, in every state. state. Um, well, I, I looked, I actually went in the, the two I talked about are things that the FBI, uh, guys, like high level uh, people you can trust, not these. Uh, 
Nick Dojo. Kind yeah, of not the guys we this talked is, about a couple episodes ago. This is this is what we recommend if you you know to help. So no, you know, and basically they were like I mentioned when we talked about it last time. You already have your phone out. Most people already have a phone out. Call nine one one. Put on speakerphone. Start describing the assailant, and you know, and also start making noise. That's what a lot of people, it's like, draw attention, especially in a public place, draw attention to what you're seeing. The ag- aggressive, more than likely, is not going to be arrested, this, you know. So you're calling the cops and giving a description, you might take off. Mm-hmm. But if you start being loud, you may get other people's attention. And then it's, he's not just facing his victim and you, he's facing the crowd. So that's one. The other one that goes with that that uh, they recommended is get in your vehicle, it, and you know if you can, if your vehicle's right there, call no one from your vehicle, lock your doors, roll your windows up, because it's not perfect, but your vehicle is a, a safer spot, and you can get away. Yeah. Uh, they have made it very clear, and I'll make it very clear. Don't use your vehicle as a weapon. If the guy has a firearm, he's gonna shoot you. Yes, but if you run somebody over just because they're yelling at you, that is a bad thing. Yeah, that's attempted vehicular homicide. Yeah, so, if you're mostly getting your vehicle to be able to safely call 911. Yep. This, what we were talking about then, and we're not telling, I don't want people to be vigilantes, man, because you could get yourself killed. Yes. But, what I'm saying is, what's bothering us is that we, you watch these people videotaping assaults and they never speak up. They never want to say, hey, stop doing that. They're videotaping it to put it on YouTube and their Facebook pages. It's like somebody's getting physically attacked. It could be getting killed. I mean, a young lady getting sexually assaulted on a subway platform, and people were taking pictures and videoing it. And never once intervened. And there was like a dozen people. And it's like, come on, one of y'all couldn't step up and throw a kick? Do something or just a group of you. Or just get yelling? just get, get loud. loud. Yeah, just get loud. I mean, and no, and no one called him down the war. They, they, he got stopped because the security camera saw it and the transit police saw it on the security camera and came running. No one bothered to even call the police. It's like, well, this is where we are. People, and then you always hear, oh, well, I don't want to get involved. Uh, well, you're getting yourself involved by taking pictures. Yeah, you're... You... And there is some... There has been some uh, litigation. There's been some criminal penalties where they have charged bystanders. With not intervening. For failure to, you know, be for watching somebody die. Yeah. And, I mean, plus, what kind of stuff does that do to you? You know, if you, if you know that you stood there and just watched somebody die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you live? I mean, really, how do you live with that? I'm not telling you to get yourself hurt. I'm not nope. telling you to physically <coughs> intervene, become a vigilante. You're not Batman. This ain't this ain't a movie. You know that guy might legit kill you, but at least try to call 911. Yeah. At least give give that victim a fighting chance. Yep. Keep yeah, keep yourself safe, but dial 911. Videotaping it, you know, for if you're doing it for evidence. Okay, fine, maybe, yeah. but that doesn't count if you don't call the cops. If you call yeah. the cops and they come and you say, "Hey, look, I got this on video," and that goes that gets entered in state's evidence, 
I might buy that. But if you're, you know, if it just hits your Facebook, and look what I saw last night at the club. Or you're going Facebook Live. Or you go Facebook Live. Or, I've seen those videos that people are like, uh, gosh, you know, people share that they found. It's like, this dude went Facebook Live while somebody got beat up. And he was filming it over his shoulder with his face in the screen like a selfie with it filming an assault. And he was, thought it was hilarious. As somebody was just getting pummeled. It was like, yeah, dude, that's not cool. Yeah, that's that's not cool at all. So keep yourself safe, but if you see some if you see something, say something. I know that was overused in the post nine eleven, yeah. but it, it still it kinda rings true. If you see something, say something. Um Somewhat, uh, somewhat related topic, Jerry. You know, we always talk about um, situational awareness. Yeah. My wife and I were um, we were shopping in, in a, a nearby city yesterday, and it was it's kind of an open air mall kind of area. And walking around, and there's a I see a shopping bag next to the door of a jewelry store, and like nobody's there next to it, like. It's not like, hey, I'm, I'm standing here beside the door and this is my shopping bag. It's just this lone shopping bag. And I would, like, my spidey senses kind of went off. I was like, man, okay, that's really strange. So I did the dumb thing. I looked in the bag. I shouldn't have looked in the bag. But uh, yeah, there was nothing to There was nothing. You open in the bag and you go, boom! <laughs> well, I, I didn't open it. I just looked. I was like, oh, looked in it. But, um, you know, my, uh, my wife in uh, in the airport before covid lockdown and this dude was walking down the the concourse he dropped the bag his bag and ran the other way and my wife was on the phone with me she's like what the heck do i do i'm like find a security guy and tell him immediately but get as far away from that fucking bag as you can and you know it's again situational awareness right just being aware of your surroundings yeah and and we talk about it a lot, but it's really important because that's like the first step, right? I was, I was out and about the other day, and this gentleman comes walking towards me with his head down, and that you know we all know the, the posture now. Yeah. Own up, head down, not looking around. And if I wouldn't have said, "Hey," he'd have walked into traffic. He would have walked right into an oncoming car because he was just zoned so in and on his on his phone. And I wasn't talking. He was right social media and I had to holler like hey and he looked up and it's like he, it, he kind of realized he's about a step away from walking right into traffic and he would have been hit he was probably watching that Gabby Garcia video oh come on that was funny yeah uh, anyway alright well so that's what we've got for um, getting involved without getting involved like Jerry said you know we are not advocating anybody become a vigilante or get themselves in trouble keep you know keep yourself safe but if you see something report it to the cops because that could be the difference in somebody getting beat up or dying or or raped or yeah making it out on their own or making it out alive so you know try to try to be a good citizen if you see something report it um so we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick and then when we come back we will uh get jerry's seriously of the week so we'll be right back And we're back. 
All right, so Jerry's here with this week's Seriously. So what do you got, Jerry? All right, so we were talking about the whole pay attention, you know, lend the hand. I went down the rabbit hole when I was trying to do this, and uh, I started looking at the sex trafficking and the crazy crap that's going on, and then uh, a lot of these stories of these young ladies and some young men, but a lot of these young, young girls who would, would, once they got rescued or they got away, you know, talking to counselors or the police or different people, they almost all had the same thing that they would tell somebody, I've been kidnapped, I need help. And nobody helped them. Nobody said anything. Uh, or you'd see uh, stories where, well, you know, after a girl got rescued, and you see people on the news, oh yeah, I saw them here, but I didn't realize. Or, you know, and that they were being kidnapped. And it's just like how long these girls, are I mean, these girls are boys, but these girls, there's a lot of, a lot of sex trafficking with children are female. Some are boys, but majority is female. They're not held in handcuffs. They're not in cages. They're being held with, in fear, but then these people are coming to visit them. And a lot of these girls would be like, yeah, we'd ask for help. We, you know, this guy would be like, hey, I, I'm not, I'm doing this against my will. I'm being held. And these guys would do their thing and leave. And so it, that's, it kind of, this is, the seriously today is, man, pay it, seriously pay attention to what's around you. Especially with young women. If you see a young girl looking kind of nervous or looking scared and she's with a guy or a group of guys, say something. Pay attention. Watch what vehicle they get in. I mean, if you call your local police and say, hey, I saw this situation. This is a license plate. It didn't look right. You know. Cops will be like, okay, they'll, they'll run that license plate. Hey, you might save somebody's life. I mean, how many times, I mean, there's been several cases where people were like, that didn't look right. I called the police, and it turned out, yeah, that girl been kidnapped. And it wasn't for someone looking and saying, man, that girl don't look comfortable, that guy looks sketchy. Let me call the police. Did and you, you say, hey, this is the license plate number, this vehicle looks like this is where they're headed. Okay. And they'll pull the car over. So we're getting to, like, it's just part of the whole idea of intervening. You don't have to like rush up and you know, because the girl could be just maybe mad, mad or dad, and it could just be something like that. You know, it could be simply she's just frustrated because he's got her out where she don't want to be or he took her phone away. But there's there's a time and place to just say, hey, this don't look right. I should call someone. I should do something. Well, Elizabeth Smart. I mean, she's yeah. held for years and. Uh, a guy just said, dude, that, 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 that don't look right. And she got rescued. And she'd been held for years. And in a lot of these sex trafficking rings, it's because some, finally someone was like looking around like, man, this don't look right. Something's fishy. And they call, and the next thing you know, they end up busting a, 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 a ring. A ring. Because some bystander said, that kid don't, that young girl don't look comfortable. There's something going on. And let me call. And next thing you know, psh, you see a report where they arrest 37 people and save 50 kids. Did you see the, um, the the story earlier this week about the Columbia truck driver who rescued the the girl 
um, from the the trafficking ring at the truck stop. Yeah, that was and, and that was another thing, right? The guy he's he's at a truck stop at, at midway in Midway in Missouri. Um, this dude comes up to him. You know, they're late at night. He's got this girl. He's like, "Hey, you want to have a good time?" And the girl didn't look like she wanted to be there. And the dude um, talked to the girl real. You know, he wasn't interested, but he talked to the girl real quick and said, "Hey, if you want to get out, call me." Gave her, gave her his uh, business card. Two days later, she called and said, "Yeah, I need help." And the truck driver ended up help you know, reporting it to authorities, and she got rescued. And you know, she's at a halfway house somewhere. You know, not obviously the, those details aren't being divulged. But again, that was a very simple thing that that dude did to step in and ended up saving that that poor woman's life. Yeah. Right. It's, and as, as bad because we live, we talk about our home state, and we live in a rural part of the state, but it's scary because uh, our former local representative for Congress, Bob Billett, was uh, big into sex trafficking laws, trying to get it, because he got major involved because he found out Virginia, our home state, is one of the port of entries for a lot of these girls. And I didn't know that, and it's scary as shit. So this, our state started a campaign, and you would see a lot of these signs and a lot of these posters at gas stations and truck stops. And it'd be like, you know, it would just be like these little brief little things. If this if this girl looks scared or if this looks weird, call, call the cops. Just get a license plate, call the police. Don't interfere, just call the police. Get a license plate. Because a cop can track you, you know, a license plate, they can track you down where you live where the car's registered. If nothing else, they can they can be on the lookout for this, make a model. Yep. And it puts a, 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 puts that number, that tag in a system. And I mean it's a re, it's a scary amount of young girls that are being assaulted every day. And we they had a big bust like two weeks ago in Georgia. They arrested like sixty some guys, pulled like 30, 30 kids out yeah. of his house. I and saw some that. of these girls have been being raped on a daily basis for months and months and months. And yeah, sometimes you know, two, three times a day. Yeah, yeah it's just like they wake up in the morning and this is what you're doing today. And it's and it's a scary idea that these that's that's those girls' lives and it's just like Yeah, that's the terrifying part. And so my seriously is just seriously pay attention, especially to young girls. I mean, I talked about a few episodes ago where I, I was at a local grocery store and all I did was stand there, just watched. I didn't interfere, I didn't say anything, I didn't put her in a bad spot, but I watched her get in her vehicle because some dude was looking a little creepy. To me. Yep. And she was so lost in what she was doing, getting her groceries and doing her thing that she wasn't paying attention. She was following behind her. I don't think she even noticed. Yep. I mean, so, I, and all I did was just watch. I didn't say anything, but I was there in case, you know, I needed to get loud or take it up a notch. And yep. And that, that falls back on, you know, we, we talked about a few minutes ago with the uh, situational awareness, right? I mean, you know, she really shouldn't have been fixating on her phone or whatever it was, or you know, that much. I mean, yeah, you got stuff to do and you got to pay attention, but when you're out in public, you got to be aware of what's going on. So, I mean, yeah, you you always see, you always hear these, you know, you'll see these stories pop up on the news all the time where some young girl was attacked and she, and then when they ask her, she's like, I, I, I was looking at my phone. 
Yep. I didn't see him come up behind me. I was on my phone. And it's like, okay. Uh, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the young guy to yell at because he's about to walk out in the traffic. And we all get fixated. And there's, we have, we have to look, yeah, look out for one another. It doesn't take anything out of you. You don't have to be specially trained to just watch somebody walk across the parking lot. You know, a single mom with two kids, or even if she ain't a single mom, she's out there by herself. Yeah. Your know, husband might be at work, could be at home. She's at the grocery store. She's at a at a Walmart. She's walking across the parking lot with two kids. She might be paying attention to everything around her. It takes you no effort to sit there and watch her get in her car to make sure nothing happens to her or her children. If you see a couple young teenage girls out hanging out they're more than likely not paying attention to anything other than their thing it takes you no time to just make sure they get in their vehicle yep make sure they're okay just yep they got their vehicle nobody's bothering them good to go i mean you don't talk you don't have to talk to them you don't have to even stare at them just it don't take much just to watch someone on the periphery out and make sure they're safe don't you become the creepy guy <laughs> when you're trying to protect them guy. against the creepy guy then it's, that's kind of weird but just you know and I mean, same thing with kids. I mean, uh, a young boy out by himself, pay attention. I mean, because we still, even nowadays, knowing everything we know, there's still people out there that will let their eight-year-old son run off by himself. And little boys get taken. Just as much as little girls. And they're, you know, so just pay attention. Just be decent. I mean, it, it just goes back to from day one of here. Be decent to each other. Have a little compassion. Show a little, you know. Show a little care and respect. Yeah. Be human to each other. And I mean, that's you know, we we talk about this a lot, and this is one of the reasons that that you know, this this cycle we're going to be donating to Guardians yeah. Group um, because they're they're deep in the fight on uh, stopping human trafficking, and that's something that that Jerry and I are both pretty passionate about. Yeah. So. Like we said, all of uh, all of the proceeds from uh, this round uh, of the show is going to go to Guardians Group, and we'll post um, post our receipts when we make that uh, that donation. Um, so good, good, really, Jerry, or seriously, Jerry, you got anything else? No, just uh, in the, you know, y'all want to listen, you know, listen to us, uh, Jiu-Jitsu chicks, you can post up yep. for a second. Jits Chicks is getting ready to do Marla their second. That she, she finished it up, I think, last night. Uh, at least part one of two. I think she's going to do a two-part series. So I think she's going to be working on that, which is kind of cool. Uh, she'll get that up. Uh, yeah, she's doing a raw diet, diet for thing dogs. for your dogs, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, dogs aren't vegetarians, man. We should feed them. No. Uh, yeah, she's going to go through some really cool idea, man. She's she's put a little effort into it, which is pretty cool. They, uh, they, they don't hunt the great roaming kibble. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, listen to us, but there's tons of other podcasts out there we can recommend. I mean, Bishop yep. Chronicles is great, especially if you're an old school hip hop and jiu jitsu, because the dude yep. is, he is probably one of the smartest guys I've listened to when it comes to that stuff. Uh, Jocko, as always. Yep. Uh, Our, any of his, I mean, all, yeah, all nine of his. He's got yeah, he's got different ones. I mean, he's got one for kids, man. So for warrior kids, man. So get into some of that. I mean, Joe Lombardo at Scholars and Iron guest we had on here. John he's Garner. still doing his thing. Yeah, John Gardner, the Iron Legacy yes. podcast. Um, Give you know Ryan Mickler, you know, or man. I mean, that's a little more about. 
and it's not and a lot of people might hear the name and think something it's not about, the guy's talking about like financial planning and being a good being a good husband and father and, father and, and you know that sort of stuff being you know how to ask for a raise at your job you know that's what it is it's just it's a cool you know it's a, a name might throw you off but yeah the dude's like talking about like lifestyle stuff it's like you know literally this is how you should do stuff this way and basically how to be a better man yep you know we're not he's not talking about that toxic crap where you're like dominating and abusive towards your wife and children it's this is how you need to be a better man to take care of them and a quick shout out to uh, our guest and, and our good friend Nick Lowry from uh, Ground Shark Coffee. He won a three-man round-robin tournament um, over the weekend. Um, they all, they, it's funny, he said that they all beat each other, but he was the only one that had a submission, so all the other wins were by points. So out of the three-man round, he got uh, the gold because he had the only submission in the bracket. So congratulations to Nick. Nick's got a new coffee blend out now. It's Caffeine Cowboy. So check that out. Um, I need to order a. Uh, I need to order a bag. I haven't tried it yet, but it's Ground Shark Coffee, so it's not gonna. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna. It's not gonna suck. Um, but uh, anyway, so got anything else, Jerry? No, man. I'm good. All right. Yeah, we had- Went uh, met up this morning, did a little training, and mostly just kind of, re- you know, chopped the shit, did a little drill, but mostly just recovered. My boy Cody come in, we just did a Clan Darksiders. Clan Darksiders get together. Yep. And this week, we'll, we'll have another podcast coming at you again this week, or two this week. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we get there, why. Yeah, yep. Big, big deal for us. Yeah, important for us. So it'll be good. But yeah, so keep an eye out. This one will go up middle of the week, and we'll have the other episode up later on. But uh, until then, good. Yep. All right. So you've been listening to Rolling Rocks Radio. Thank you very much, as always. Look forward to talking to you next time. I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armtrout. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album, Wailing Village.